This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Whoa, I have like no energy uh, this week, Joe. It's um, I'm running on very little sleep. So I think we just kind of, let's get it done and let's rip through um, this before we get into our uh, main interview slash topic of this week's podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the- you've, dub- you've been burning the midnight oil. Oh my gosh, yeah. So the uh, the time difference actually kind of works out um, in Sydney being two hours behind. I can get stuff done while everyone else is asleep. But um, I'm discovering that <laughs> I am then paying for it the next day. Uh, but yeah, the WHF window is getting super busy. Obviously, the New Zealand under-18s, their tournament has uh, just gone underway. Uh, they lost in overtime in their first game, which is a bit of a tough, shit. At- <coughs> yeah. Tough loss. Yeah. Um, they played really well, really, really well against Israel. I really like the look of their power play. Um and Israel were t- giving up a ton of penalties. Like, they were just, it was sloppy, uh, to be honest. But, yeah, uh, looking looking forward to seeing how they go for the rest of the tournament. Obviously, Ice Ferns, they're, they're fully in training camp. Um, you know, Paul Harrison, he's working pretty hard to try to build the profile of the team. So uh, it's pretty awesome what he's doing there. And then, obviously, the Ice Blacks uh, head off to Colorado for their training camp in just under two weeks. So it's, and it's you will long. be there. I'll and be you there. will be there. So, you know, if people haven't donated yet uh, to the Give a Little page, would really appreciate uh, some support there. Already a ton of people um, have been very supportive and generous, so that really means the world to me, and it helps make this whole thing um, just a little bit easier, to be honest. Yeah. But... Um, some interesting, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, we actually recorded uh, this intro yesterday and then something came up today and we're like, oh shit, we have to talk about this. Yeah, we, we got, um, in the spirit of Steve Dangle, we got we got dangled basically. We had to scrap the original intro and re-record this one. Yeah, so uh, obviously Double HF window, really busy right now. Uh, so our neighbours across the ditch. Uh, in Australia, they're also all in with their international hockey at the moment, and the under-18s are currently playing. Uh, they had their first game. They lost 8-4 to Serbia, and um, head coach Steve Lafrette, uh, he um, he wasn't too happy, was he? When you come to Serbia, when you play Serbia, it's, uh, it's hard to play undisciplined. I think the first period we played very undisciplined. Um, Sticks got to stay on the ice. I told the boys that. I'm a little bit disappointed in the way we came out, um, but you know we fought back, and that's the uh, that's the Aussie spirit. Look, we have a very very young team. I'm very proud of these boys, and I re- I reckon that we're going to get there. It's just uh, you know we're playing the top team. They wanted us. We beat them two years ago in the uh, in the final, and I think they had some payback. So with a young team comes uh, a lot of young mistakes. I think our leaders had a good talk with the boys in the room, and uh, look, we'll be ready for tomorrow against Netherlands. Um, again, we just got to stay out of the box, get the puck down, play our systems, and uh, just give ourselves a little bit more of an opportunity to score goals instead of always playing on the, on the uh, defense. So, um, again, not the best, but I'm not expecting to uh, to win any gold medals this year. Our, our, our job is uh, build a home here, 
uh, keep keep rebuilding, get a good um, good set of kids in, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, look, as disappointing as the scoreline is, it wasn't that bad. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Tell us, <laughs> tell us how you really feel, Steve. What a what a hockey guy! <laughs> what a hockey guy! I, so many cliches in that um, in that speech. Oh yeah, there was. <laughs> um, but obviously, the big one sticking out there is uh, you know admitting that they're not they're not going for gold medal there. Um, it's all about the rebuild. Hopefully, they told everyone that before they left, and you I know, hope, yeah, I hope were so. fully fully disclosed the the plan of the team and. The, the strategy for the next two years, not this year, after those parents forked out all that money for their young kids to go on this trip. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine, you know, like um, the real like hardworking hockey parent who does everything they can for their kid, uh, and to then hear that from their kid's head coach, uh, that'd be pretty deflating, to be honest. Like if if I was a parent, um, uh, I'd be like. Fuck you, buddy, you know, to be frank. Um, yeah, so very much did not mince his words there. Very candid for a coach, I have to say. Um, you don't see that very often. No, he, he kind of sounded like that. Um, there was that Swiss coach in the World Juniors a couple of years ago that when he was asked if they were going to beat Canada, he kind of just laughed and went, <laughs> we, can't, we can't beat them. <laughs> They're better than us in every single way. We got no chance. Yeah. I right. mean, the, obviously there's some truth to that, but I, I feel like with, um, I've, I've found in my experience with age group sport, you, you have to tread a little bit differently to, uh, you know, the more like higher level, senior level, um, play. You have to be a bit more careful on how you word things and how you portray those athletes. Cause you know, at the end of the day, they're still kids. Um, perfect example there is smashed and bro on, um, the crowd goes wild. They have this flat out rule that they won't show high school rugby, you know, due to any like possible, possible, uh, implications that could arise of say they air a kid getting absolutely destroyed in a tackle on national mm-hmm. TV. You know, there could be, there could be bullying stuff like that. You know, it's just shit. You don't want to have put a kid through that. Like, you know, um, Probably not. This is probably not the same level. <laughs> Obviously, it's a bit different. Um, Australia getting smashed in a different way, but uh, yeah, uh, that really surprised me hearing that from a coach. <laughs> it was uh, just classic Australia. Yeah, Australia. Anyway, enough about Australia um, and and their coaches. This week we talked to Rachel Park, who is the new head coach of the New Zealand Ice Ferns. And I have to say, I think her approach to the team is probably a little bit different than uh, Steve. Lefferts. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you actually play with Rachel in the backyard hockey league. Uh, so, you know, you tell, tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what she's like on the ice and why you think she'd be a good fit uh, with the ice fans. Um, she's a, how do I say it? She's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> I believe ball buster might've been a team you threw around once. Uh, yeah, no, she's she's really, really good, um, really competitive and really skillful. Um, and I, so I'm guessing that her main her main um, kind of approach to the women's team is to upskill and focus on on skill and and fast, skillful kind of hockey, mm-hmm. um, which would be 
really, really good for the girls, and especially because of the the wide uh, range of age in that women's team. Yeah. Um, so it'll be great to get her focusing, you know, with the younger girls as well to get them playing a really um, more intelligent and, uh, and skillful type of hockey, which she does on uh, regularly in the, in the BHL against me and schools me every single time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm kind of hoping, because I know last year when we did the uh, highlights for the Ice Ferns, um, the team like Fuchsia Davidson would actually like reach out to us and be like, hey, loving the highlights. We actually like sit down at breakfast and wait for them to come out and we watch it together as a team. So I'm kind of hoping that they're all huddled up um, over someone's iPhone listening to this podcast. Uh, and if, if you ladies are, we wish you all the best and uh, we really hope you, you know, just kick some butt and come back with a gold medal. Yeah, and if you're, if you're not on a social media ban, uh, take a photo and of you guys watching the highlights or whatever and tag us in <laughs> just so we know it's for real. Yeah, that'd be so meta. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, um, really enjoyed this interview actually with Rachel Park. Uh, afterwards, I felt like I came away uh, I learned a lot more about the women's game. Um, I think she is a great role model for that team, both the uh, the younger ones that are coming through and also the more like experienced players. Uh, so, yeah, without further ado, this is uh, our interview with Rachel Park. Rachel, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Park Here. Obviously, the new Ice Ferns head coach, but... You're originally from Ontario, I understand, aka one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, so when did you make the move to the other side of the world and what inspired you to choose New Zealand? Oh, okay. Starting with the, the easy ones, I guess. Um, I actually came five years ago, so it would have been 2013, I think. So just over five years ago. Um New Zealand, I kind of knew I wanted to come back to. So I'd been here in uh, 2003 on a rugby tour, right. believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, so I played uh, rugby for my university um, as well as hockey. And we came over, I think it was three or four weeks. Um, I knew I had wanted to come back. So I transferred on a, a I guess, a two-year contract um, with PricewaterhouseCoopers um, with a guaranteed right of return to Canada after that two years was up. But it came and passed, and <laughs> I had to terminate that contract, and here I am. So ah. no plans to head back anytime soon. I'm curious, what position uh, did you play in rugby? Oh, you guys call them different things, but I guess I was inside center, outside center. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. we just call them yeah. both. I think we call them uh, second 5A and center here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're wearing so. 12 or 13. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great sport, too. Yeah, so <laughs> you're like the little speedy one uh, in the middle there. Well, or the one that crashes a lot. So they did. They threw me out on the wing a couple of times. So I guess I had some speed, but nice. I do find that interesting. That obviously rugby is uh, it's getting is you know getting traction in North America. Obviously, you see USA and Canada are starting to do a lot better on the sevens world circuit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, I think when I left, oh, it would have been just before I came here. I was living in Atlanta, and I think they had just gotten a full-time rugby channel which we hadn't had prior so it's definitely gaining traction and i bet you thought listening to a hockey podcast we wouldn't be talking about rugby but there you go (laughs) (laughs) 
didn't think I'd be having a ice hockey podcast in New Zealand. So. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, so I know you've been playing uh, in the backyard hockey league. We we make mention of the BHL probably at least once a week on the show. Uh, yeah. But what other playing experience do you have? Um, in New Zealand, I play, well, I guess it's branded the AHL this year, but um, SNC. Um, prior to coming to New Zealand, I did play varsity hockey um, at the University of Western Ontario. Um, and then after that, I played, uh, I guess, double A, kind of just around the regions of Stratford, Ontario. Um, and I've been on skates probably since I was two. So <laughs> I'd say experience wise, I've been playing for quite a while. I took maybe a two year break um, to figure skate, but that's about it. Ah. And I, I was curious, like, I, I know it's not serious, but um, with the singing on Czech League rebranding to the AHL, is that a way to try and trick some scouts into maybe recruiting some New Zealanders? <laughs> I really don't think that was on the, the board agenda at all because I actually sit on the board as well. Um, I think it was time for a change. So they're just trying to get away from, I think SNC has a, a negative connotation to it. kind of feels like just a bunch of old blokes um, kicking around on the ice. Yeah. And I think they're, they're really looking to kind of up the game and just get, I don't know, just, yeah, have a... a better outlook from um those that are participating so that's cool and then uh so yeah you're new to the role uh with the ice ferns as the head coach what attracted you to that role um once uh andreas kaiser stepped down last year um yeah it's interesting i guess i've been with the auckland team for two seasons now um so the auckland steel team um, Andreas, I had applied actually when Andreas was appointed. Um, so they had my, my CV kind of in the door. And then when he resigned, it kind of came as a shock. Um, mm. I didn't know that I'd be able to swing it with, with work either. Um, but I had kind of reached out to NZIHF, um, and said, I, I might be interested, um, knowing that they didn't have a lot of kind of hands going up and then I just kind of talked to my to my work and they said it they could make it work so I thought why not give it a shot I mean I am still pretty uh, new on the scene but we've got a really great management committee um, and I do think that I given the experience I have I had something to bring to the team so I am really hoping um, that that is an asset to them yeah so like I know obviously the players have to deal with juggling their jobs and trying to get that time off work but see like the head coaches as well you obviously have to deal with that so um i think we should all be very thankful that a lot of our top talent uh and you know the coaching staff as well work for places that are generous enough to actually allow the time off uh to play for new zealand oh really absolutely cool. yeah no absolutely um i'm very grateful to pwc for for allowing me this opportunity um i'm i'm a director here so it's not as though I have a light workload, but they've been nothing but supportive. Um, and I think that goes for, like you said, all volunteers, there's heaps of hours that go into it. So, so great. when you come into a new position like that as a head coach, what's the first thing you do? The first thing I did, I started looking at stats from the previous season, to be honest. Um, I am very familiar with all of the Auckland players, but I wasn't sure necessarily about the talent around the country. Uh, we only have the three teams that, that compete in the WIHL league. Um, so, yeah, I was looking at old old rosters and kind of I, I knew of a few people on my radar, but there were a few that I really wanted uh, to have an eye out for 
this past season. Um, so that was definitely my my number one. Yeah, actually, because interesting, you bring up obviously the steel uh, and the NZWHL. Uh, one thing I was wondering is, does a league like that give you a good opportunity to you know survey what regional talent is out there and maybe help you find some players that weren't previously on your radar? Um, it it was challenging this year just because of when um, Andreas had resigned for uh, his reasons. I stepped into the game a little bit late. Um, the the team was named in and around, I think it was November and the season hadn't actually started this year until late January. Whereas previously we started in, um, November, early November. So that was a bit of a challenge because the team had been named. Um, but that being said, I've also have as the assistant coach, um, Jeff Bohemi, and he has a lot of experience with these girls and has been around for a few years now. Mm. Um, so he was a really good sounding board for that. Um, I think coming out of the season, there are a couple of girls that I definitely am interested in in watching how they develop over the next year, and I think they'll be ready. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm, I'm very confident, I should say, with the selections that we made. One, you know, um, so I talked to Kelly Nelson recently uh, for another podcast talking about the Southern Storm, and <laughs> uh, I do know that she is on your radar. Obviously, once she becomes <laughs> eligible, yeah, I may have sneakily. Uh, hit her messenger a couple of times so <laughs> hey. asking if she planned to get her citizenship but couldn't couldn't hold back that's that's a good coach that's a good coach <laughs> uh, an, another player i noticed um actually was jordan witchman the um the other goalie for the southern storm you've obviously already got daniel strayer but there's also yeah. jordan sheep i think she played really well uh this she, year yeah she had an outstanding season um she had us the first weekend in auckland or the first round she played i think it was the first game, actually, I think it was both games. Mm. Um, we faced them for the majority of it. And she was just, she was on top of everything. Absolutely impressed me. And she did actually, she was on our roster last year. Um, so I don't know what she did in that off season, but she just had a phenomenal year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now that you're a few months in, you've had a chance um, to obviously, you know, evaluate the talent and, with like who's in your squad, even though it was named, you know, kind of before this all began. But for yeah. you, who are some highlights of this 2019 Ice Ferns team? Oh, it's an exciting, oh, it's an exciting team. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm excited to see a couple of the girls come back that haven't played in a while. Um, namely, I don't know if you know Jasmine Horner Pasco or have heard that name, um, but she's unreal. Her, her hands are just uh, magical to be honest so she's she's full of surprising dangles and, and I'd even say she's probably the best I've seen on the ice um, in terms of a female player with those kinds of hands um, and then the other one I think goes to no surprise is uh, Grace Harrison who's playing or I guess she just finished up uh, in the U.S. with St. Lawrence so she'll be back as well um, in terms of returning players we've got a lot of really solid names. I know you've talked to Helen Murray prior. Um, she's just really a solid person and very consistent on the ice and a great leader to these girls. So really good to have her. Um, I think Jamie Jones is another one. Uh, and Caitlin Heal, she was the she was the top scorer last year. Um, I don't have any experience with her, so I'm really excited uh, to get to know her and see what she does bring to the team. Yeah, Caitlin, I remember uh, she scored an amazing goal 
last year for the Ice Spoons. I can't I can't recall right now who it was against, but yeah, um, yeah it was an amazing goal. I think I uh, included it in my like top ten goals of the year. Actually, oh yeah, yeah. No, I've watched a couple of those highlight reels, and yeah, she'll be great to work with, I'm sure. But I mean, quite honestly, we just have a very solid roster. We've had an attrition rate of twenty five percent, which is unfortunate, but we've we've been able to fill all of those spots, and I'm still. I'm going into it with as much confidence as the original roster that we named. So I think that says a lot to where women's hockey is in New Zealand. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jasmine Horner-Pasco. Um, for those that don't know, she actually finished second uh, in the scoring in the women's league, just seven points behind uh, Kelly Nelson there. So good to yeah. know that there is a there is a lot of good <laughs> New Zealand talent uh, there as well. It's not just the these uh, girls from Minnesota coming in and, you know, destroying the league. Right? Yeah, no. And honestly, if you guys haven't seen Jazz play, you, you definitely need to see her play. So I think one of my biggest frustrations, as much as I've said she's got these hands of gold, um, she tends to really like to use them. <laughs> so I've been working with her to, to try to get her to shoot a bit earlier and shoot a bit more and be a bit uh, less predictable. And she did that this season and she's really, she's been great at just kind of embracing, I wouldn't say it's criticism, but I guess constructive feedback and, and really trying to apply it to her game. So that was awesome to see. Yeah, totally. I mean, even, you know, with player, even if they've got a lot of skill, there's always room to improve. So that's cool that she obviously takes that on board as well. Um, now with the NZWHL having, um, such a condensed season, a lot of hockey to be played over just a couple of months, you know, there's, of course, there's always going to be the risk of uh, injuries, which can be affected so close to a double HF tournament. So have have the national players all come through unscathed from that season? No injury concerns? <laughs> no injuries coming from the season, which is awesome. Um, but we lost a girl to a kite surfing accident, um, which was quite unfortunate. As a kite surfer myself, I remember seeing her post on this on this page looking for kit. And I was just going to be like, oh, I don't know that I recommend that. It's, <laughs> it's a dangerous sport if you're just getting, you know, to, to learn it. But obviously, you don't want to put these guys in a cocoon or, or not let them live their life. So, yeah, that was unfortunate. And then we had another injury, um, not due to the season. But I just think previous wear and tear from from being on the ice a lot. So, oh, so who are the who are the lucky two that got to get to call up uh, in that case? And that we've actually, as I mentioned, we had an attrition rate of um, 25%. So, so there were more than that, but we've got, um, we've got Taryn, that Taryn Bruce, who's, who's filled a spot for us um, as well. We had, this is a really interesting one to be fair. So the original roster had three goalies on it. Uh, we were going to travel with 23 players um, and I hadn't really promised, obviously any of the goalies, uh, a, starting spot um so we're gonna see how the camp went and then name one uh with one of the injuries i had to call up one of the goalies and say hey i heard you're actually a pretty good defenseman what does this sound like to you um and uh, honestly it was i i was so awkward i'm like i didn't ever foresee this happening um and i don't want to put pressure on you uh but is it something you'd consider um, I want you to, to go away and kind of think about it and, and let me know. And within an hour, she came back and she's like, oh, I'm in. Time to <laughs> dust off the playing gear. So wow. so she's one that stepped up for us. Yeah. That's so, um, and then, that's so oh, cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, so who was that? Did they get to play defense in the women's league this season or were they playing? Goal? She didn't. She actually stood on her head as a goaltender, um, but it's Danielle Strayer. Right. Um, so, yeah, she just recently got her citizenship. I think her... 
husband. I, yeah, I believe they're married. Yeah, they would be. Um, yeah, they yeah, are. yeah, yeah. So he's actually traveling with the Ice Blacks as well. So pretty cool power couple in the hockey world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and a cool couple of that, I'm sure. Like, I know Ryan, um, he's he's a great, lovely guy, and I'm sure Daniela is as well. Um, yeah. So by the time this podcast comes out, uh, the Ferns will you will already have left for your training camp ahead of the World Champs in Romania. So where is that camp going to be taking place? And, you know, what do you think are some key areas that the team needs to focus on to win? Um, camp's going to be in St. Poulton, um, Austria. I think... <sighs> we really need to mesh as a squad and get onto the the, pay, the same page and run the same systems. And I mean, that's been hard because you're competing each against each other for three months. I don't know what the other two coaches have really been um, teaching, but I guess from, from overlooking the league, um, I would say we really need to up our aggressive game. Um, I think on an international podium, it is going to be a lot more physical mm. Um, which there is there is some of that in our league. Actually, there's a lot of it in our league, but I still, from my opinion, I find the refs a bit quick on their whistle. Um, this is the only place I've been told that, you know, I'm a grinder and I'm aggressive and I'm a physical player. And I don't think I was ever told that in Canada. So <clears throat> that kind of goes to say, um, I guess, the different styles of play. Um, so that's one area. I also noticed just knowing that second option is kind of a struggle. So if you teach a, a system or like a breakout going up the sideboards, if that option shut down, I found the, the girls struggled a bit to adapt and maybe find that, that middle lane passing option um, or come off the boards and, and fill another lane. Um, so we'll be working on that absolutely a lot. Um, and then I noticed a lot of the girls because they do have hands they, and want to dangle. They're trying to cut into the middle um, on the attack quite often. Whereas I think they're, they're going to be more successful if they're driving wide, beating that player wide and then throwing it in front of the net for even a little tip in, um, which we, we tend not to rely on that a lot. And I, again, I think that just comes from different styles of play between here and what I've seen kind of back home. Yes. Creating a bit of chaos in front of the net. The old Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I, I get really frustrated because I think with the steel season i kept saying guys just screen the goalie and we do these drills and they get in front but the goaltender could see through two of our players they kind of just stood as podiums on both sides of her i'm like no that's not gonna work <laughs> that's not doing what it's intended to so yeah we'll be working on that quite a bit as well so when you say more aggressive player are you, are you sort of like uh referring to you know being a bit more aggressive on like the fourth check and trying to force mistakes by the opposition yeah, absolutely. So jumping down there in the corners too. Um, I, I've also noticed, I mean, the top girls in New Zealand obviously have that second nature of being very competitive and, and jumping on that puck, but there is still that hesitation. Um, and I'd like to get rid of the hesitation. So what I've said to the girls prior is like, what are you thinking about if you have it? a turnover if you've lost the puck and some of them are like oh well I don't know I just kind of say dang and I'm like well no you got to be thinking like that is still my puck yeah and I can still get it back and and instead of hesitating and and getting down so yeah that's what I just like to see a little bit more of a less of the hesitation and just be hungry for it yeah I love I love players that can do that that are just like 
yeah, they just like a turnover happen and they're like, no, screw you, this is my park, and they get it back. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, going to Austria for the training camp, like that, that sounds awesome. Do you get much of an opportunity for sightseeing on like any rest days when you go to overseas like that? Um, we're doing a on on and off bus tour um, for one of the days, but I'll be honest, this this camp is a lot less of that than I think what I've heard they've had in the past. Um, it really is going to be, you know, eating, breathing, sleeping, hockey. Everything's at the facility um, itself. So the complex we're staying at is kind of the whole nine yards. It can pretty much facilitate every sport you can think of. Um, so we won't be leaving the complex that, that often, um, which I think is actually good. We need to be we need to be focused. And, and these girls have a really good chance of winning that gold medal. And I really want them that being where majority of their focus is. I do I do highly rate those uh, hop-on, hop-off buses. It's a great way to see a city like really quickly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's interesting. We'll see what kind of um, <laughs> kind of driver we get and what kind of, uh, <laughs> I guess, what kind of yeah, intro he, he gives us to the place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you're starting off the tournament with a pretty tough assignment uh, facing Chinese Taipei, who finished second last year. Do you get much of an opportunity opportunity to you know study your opponents by like watching old game tape leading up to the tournament? Um, quite honestly, I haven't. I mean, everything was uh, streamed and it's on YouTube now, um, so I will be doing some of that in the upcoming weeks. Um, I I just think that there's the teams change so much year to year in all of these locations. Yeah. Um, I think because we we all face kind of the same challenges. Um, so I, I don't want to go into it with some kind of bias. I want our girls to execute on their game and I want that to dominate for the win. Um, but you're right that that is probably the opponent I'm uh, that well, they're ranked the highest right now. Let, let's be honest. So if we come out of that with a win, we're going to be taking that momentum into you know game two, and and that would be great. And uh, yeah, out of those five round robin games that New Zealand is playing, um, aside from like Chinese Taipei, is there any other matchup that you or the team are looking forward to the most? I'm going to speak on behalf of the girls here. Um, I mean, I wasn't there last year, but I know. Iceland was quite a gutting loss for them mm. and they tied it up. Iceland tied it up with four seconds left um, and they ended up going into an overtime loss. So I know they also are a stronger team um, and, and did outplay them that entire game. So, I mean, that it's just disheartening when it comes to something, you know, as late in the game as that. Um, so they'll, they'll be a challenge. And then I think the other one is, I don't really know where they stand would be Croatia. And that's because um, they won the qualifying division last year. Um, so it's really hard to kind of peg where they're, they'll be because Chinese Tepe did the same two years ago um, and then ended up getting second last year. So kind of mm. hard to rank that team. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned uh, Grace Harrison uh, earlier. Obviously she had an incredible senior year with the St. Lawrence uh, University Saints. Um, and this time around, she's available to play for the Ice Wounds, which is, is awesome. I'm really excited to see her play. And Nett, what does her inclusion to the roster bring to this team? 
I think she brings a lot of that international experience. Um, but I mean, as a goaltender, you see the entire ice as well. So she's really going to be able to, to identify, I think, you know, what's breaking down, what's working, but also that leadership perspective. Cause the girls really, um, I guess aspire and, and appreciate what she's been able to accomplish, um, over there. So naturally she's going to already have that, that rapport, which is, is awesome. And uh, it's it's often said that, you know, sometimes you just need a goalie to steal a win or two for you to win a championship. Are you confident that Grace can be that goalie for you? I'm confident that both of our um, goaltenders will be able to do that for us, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with um, Lachlan Hyde, but she's quite strong as well. Um, and I've just seen her stand on top of her head when she needs to. Um, she's She's an interesting one because... <laughs> She almost plays better when she's really angry. And <laughs> I'm kind of from a coach's perspective, I, I try not to be that screaming um, character. You know, I, I, I don't want them to be angry with each other either. But as a goalie, I kind of let her just go off and do her thing because it's, it's proved to work for her in the past. So, yeah, she'll bring a lot of strength as well. But, yeah, Grace, definitely, she'll... she'll uh, be solid between the pipes I'm I'm imagining now again she hasn't played at this level in a few years so it could also be something new and a challenge for her as well mm. uh, and just be, yeah speaking of uh, Lachlan I am just looking at the you know the top goalkeeper stats for this season with the women's league um, very high uh, all around the board obviously um, Stray and Witchman but yeah Hyde and obviously Lily Forbes all did really yeah. well um, all got save percentages well over 900 um so that's impressive so obviously there's some good talent there in new zealand um and the fact that you've sort of convinced one of one of them to play defense i think is amazing <laughs> yeah it was crazy we i think we had six actually um express their interest for the team which I, I don't know if that's happened historically so definitely there's talent coming up and and lily's she's young i think she's only about uh, 16 yeah so, she'll, be, she'll be heading to uh challenge cup of asia i believe with the under yeah. 18 so yeah she'll be around oh, for a long time see. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> awesome that's awesome um now obviously the ice Spoons leadership group features probably some of the greatest new zealanders i know you've already mentioned um helen before uh they've been around this group for a long time so what do you think it would mean for them to finally bring home a gold medal It'll mean the world. I mean, how how can it not? Um, you're out there, you're, you're bleeding black and you're representing your country. Um, they've had a few, like I said, disheartening losses in the past. And I think now we, we have a roster that absolutely can make this a reality for them. And they've worked so hard and long. And just the money that they've had to kind of lay out to be able to do this, um, it, it would be an unreal experience. I don't think... I don't think anyone would um, protest when I say it's probably going to be one of the, the best feelings they have in their life if, <laughs> if that happens for us. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got my fingers crossed because uh, I'm a big fan of, of uh, those girls for sure. Now, uh, as we know, hockey is quite an expensive port to play at the high level. Um, you know, on top of the country's best female players paying, what was it, like a 1.5K to play in the New Zealand League? There's also the added cost of like four to six for playing for your country. Uh, yeah. As someone who works closely with those players, um, what kind of effects have you seen those costs have uh, on the women's game since you've been here? 
I just, I really think it, it impacts, um, the body of talent, to be honest, because it's a barrier to, of entry to the sport. Definitely. Um, as well, like I mentioned, jazz hasn't played for a few years. So part of that would definitely be a financial, um, responsibility as well as starting her career. Um, so it, it definitely, yeah, causes it, it, as I said, it's a barrier. Mm. Um, I think to you had mentioned being able to take the time off work um, that goes for the players as well. So not only are they outlaying this, this cash, they're likely having to take that time away unpaid. Um, So, so that's a lot. And then most of these girls play um, for the inline ferns as well, or most of the Auckland ones do anyway. Um, And that's another, you know, five, six, $7,000 on top of, what they're already paying for ice. So it, it is a substantial amount of money. I was uh, actually, that was going to be my next question was bringing up the uh, inline ferns because <laughs> yeah, a lot of them do play for uh, them as well. How much of a balancing act is that for those players and for yourself as the coach? Um, I think it's in terms of a time commitment for those girls, it's extremely strenuous. And as you mentioned, we had a very condensed ice season this year. So I think that impacts kind of how they can train for inline and when they can train for inline and and vice versa for ice. Um, I think it takes a toll on their their bodies during that uh, training season. But I do think at the end of the day, they probably come out a lot stronger as well um, because you don't have time for that, any kind of laziness or (laughs) being demotivated to to creep in there. You just can't because you're on the ice or the at the rink so often. Mm. Um, now, uh, I've been sort of wondering this for a while. Um, as the quality you know, of New Zealand ice hockey improves, it almost, to me, it feels like we're in a bit of a limbo here with our national teams competing uh, at what I would consider a lower level than what they should be at. Um, but, you know, it's just haven't quite managed to break through that ceiling yet. Where do you think uh, the quality of women's hockey in New Zealand is currently at? Um, that's a tough question to answer i mean it's still it's still very much a development sport but i think i think it new zealand hockey is faced with unique challenges um again that cost being a major factor um it there are a number of players out there that did not play in the nziwihl um season and have not obviously been an ice fern for a number of years. And I'd say maybe money is, is one of those reasons. Um, so I think they're still playing and they're in these, these rec leagues. Um, if we could get all of the women in New Zealand that are playing on the ice in the NZWHL and then eligible for the ice ferns, I think you would be playing in those, those upper categories. Um, but given the, the barriers that we're facing, it's just, it's quite challenging to do that. Yeah. Um, and obviously because you do have a lot of those cost factors, a lot of people in the New Zealand, uh, ice hockey community wear a lot of different hats. Now I believe you're also, you're the director of women's hockey within the Auckland ice hockey association. So, <laughs> yeah. so what is a role like on top of being, you know, head coach of the ice ferns and then the Auckland steel, what does a role like that entail? Um, I've been attending a lot of the board meetings, um, almost of them for two years now. And 
I'll be honest, it, initially it was just to give the women a voice on the board and, and to make them a first thought as opposed to maybe a, a fourth or fifth thought. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more to do in that space in that I want to be able to, um, I guess, just have the learn to play sessions and for females only and even have some of, you know, the 12, 13, 14 year old girls bringing their friends out, getting them on the ice and involved. Um, I haven't been able, you're right, because you wear a lot of hats, your time's limited. So I haven't been able to do as much of that as I'd like to. Um, but as the director of women's hockey, that's my ultimate goal is just how do I get, you know, more feet and skates and how do I get more, more women kind of wanting to be involved in this? Cause it really is, it, it, once you're in there, it's kind of like a, a little family. Um, and it is, it's really exciting and, and cool to be a part of. Yeah. One thing, um, I sort of like been trying to scratch my head around is the fact that, uh, you know, high performance sport, New Zealand, um, pay no attention to ice hockey. And I, I, I believe if we kind of got on board with that in some way that it would help. I mean, I know a yeah. lot of it can come down to performance and stuff. And I mean, um, but I, I really do think that even anything from them could help a lot and access to some of those facilities there, like, at, you know, the Millennium Institute and help um, yeah. those sort of elite players train has there ever been any kind of um at least within the auckland circles any kind of discussion on trying to find ways to make you know anything like that happen to help those issues i'll be honest we've been having a lot more discussions just in terms of like not even necessarily um with facilities but in terms of applying for funding and trying to get that kind of stuff in the door and i think that those conversations are happening happening a lot more frequently than they were say five years ago so Mm -hmm. i think that's great um, I think it's baby steps, though. We, we really need to get the, the visibility of the sport out there before we're going to start getting anyone paying attention to us. Um, I think we're knocking on the door right now. We just haven't been invited in, but <laughs> I don't think that's too far away. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that's for me, that's really encouraging uh, to hear. I've just got a couple more questions that sort of related around that to wrap this up. Um, you know, I know in, like in, say, rugby, uh, there's a strong sense of community and support between the All Blacks and the Black Ferns. Is this is that something that the Ice Blacks and Ice Ferns do as well? And if not, do you think there's the potential to do more together in the near future? Oh, I think if I talked to this, I'd be a bit ignorant on the subject, to be honest, um, because I'm just stepping in the door. Yeah. Um, I mean, they obviously all know each other because it is a small community of ice hockey players here. Um, and I do think that they definitely... Um, want each other to succeed and encourage each other to succeed. Now, in terms of are they, you know, hosting events and trying to, to get the publicity for, for both the male and female side of things, um, I don't know that that's existing right now. But again, that could be me just being green, <laughs> green on the field. So, <laughs> Well, one, one thing uh, I, was, I thought would be cool was that, say, during the Winter Games, uh, it's having the Ice Ferns be a part of that Trans-Tasman series. Like, you've got the Ice Blacks and the Mighty Roos. Uh, it's been two years and it's a total hit. Uh, but I haven't had much opportunity myself to see the Australian women's team play. But do you think it would be a great to have, you know, those two teams come together and test each other out in support of that series with the Winter Games? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't know what they've done in the past with Australia, but I know they, there is a history there. And I know, I think if you look on Wikipedia, you'd find um, they probably played them, 
you know, 15 times. Um, New Zealand hasn't necessarily come up on top of those games. So, but they, they've been close. So I say, absolutely, let's do it. And you get kind of not, I wouldn't say sick of seeing the same players on the ice, but it does become a lot of um, already knowing who your opponent is. So if we can start getting, you know, some overseas teams coming in, it brings a new challenge and it, it just makes you, I guess, a more adaptable hockey player. So would absolutely love that. Yeah. Mm. Now, uh, last question uh, for me. And I think you probably might've thought about this a lot already with your position as the director of women's hockey in Auckland. Uh, if you had a five-year plan for women's hockey in this country, what do you think it would look like come 2024? I would like to see, um, I mean, this might be a bit ambitious just because I think you need to build up the numbers in the regions that we have right now. But I would like to see, obviously, a team coming out of Wellington in well before 2024, um, but also potentially one coming out of Queenstown. Um, I think there's there's a number of different models we still need to test in terms of what's best for developing these girls, though. And if you, you can't, you know, make one decision without it having an impact on another. So if we could cheaply have, you know, a five, six team um, uh, season and tournament like we currently do, awesome. But even if we could just have the tournaments up in the North Island, some tournaments down in the South Island to then reduce that cost and then maybe come together as a, you know, a large championship. And I mean, I'm just breezing some ideas that, that I've had. I don't know if this would actually work. Yeah. That might be actually a better development opportunity and might get that cost down to bring in more players as well. Um, ideally, let's say cost not an issue. Let's get six teams out there and let's get them competing for that championship title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think and being ambitious is good. And I mean, we need to do that to sort of obviously uh, push the sport further. Um, this has been really uh, enlightening and um, just I feel like I've learned a lot uh, today just talking to you here. So uh, I just want to wish you and the Ice Ferns all the best um, for the tournament in Romania. And I really hope you guys go out there and kick some ass. Awesome. Thanks so much. I really appreciate what you've done for the sport as well. Um, and even the female side, it's been great. So yeah, thanks so much. No worries. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Well, I'm definitely not as fading uh, as much as I thought I was. So I guess that monster has really kicked in, which is great. Um, but yeah, hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed that chat with Rachel Park. Um, we uh, obviously really enjoy bringing you those kind of interviews. So uh, if there's other people that you really want us to talk to, let us know. We put a hit out um, on our Facebook and Instagram a while ago about that. And we've got some really great uh, responses for sure. Uh, we would love to hear more. We definitely have a bunch in the pipeline. Um, working on some big ones, actually, where we can get video in and, you know, make it seem like, like we're an actual legit podcast. Yeah. One day. One, One day. day we'll get there. But uh, I guess to that level, I guess something that we uh, aspire to is the kind of levels of like, say, Steve Dangle, who we actually had on the podcast last week. So unfortunately, couldn't you have you in on that call this time around, Joe? But I, what did you think of uh, last week's podcast? Uh, it was it's obviously the second time that we've had him on. Uh, first time he was, he took time while he was getting his warrant of fitness to uh, <laughs> talk to us. Uh, and this time you harassed him in the middle, uh, in their first intermission of a Leafs game where the Leafs were losing 4 nothing. Yeah, they were getting pumped. Uh, 
Actually, they actually came back, but almost to, to win, but not quite. Um, so I imagine he would have been quite on edge when he was talking to you. But um, he's a great dude, and he, he is a real inspiration to, I guess, how we've kind of crafted our way. Um, and it, he just kind of proves that everything you do, you can. There is no set path for anyone. You can, if you've got enough drive or um, determination, you can make your own way to do anything in the world, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that implies, you know, that's not just sports media, that's anything that you want to do in your life. Just Exactly. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's that kind of fake it until you make it kind of thing, really. Just get out there, practice, do do what you want to do. And, you know, some eventually if you if that passion shines through and you're good at what you do, like, um, you know, you can only hope for good things, really. Um, just, you know. Yeah, and I, I implore anybody – to if you've seen Steve like now, I mean he's got a book out. He's kind of big time. He's on the TV. Go back and watch the first. It's like his, <laughs> yeah, even like the first few videos he makes. They're not even the full kind of um, recap videos, but like the first ones where he's just screaming basically for three minutes into the, or even not even that, like thirty seconds into the camera. And you, then you see where he is now. It's it's quite incredible that anybody can do do it, basically. Yeah, totally. Um, now, before we before we wrap this up, uh, next week we've got a really awesome guest, actually. Uh, Adrian Volpe, goalie coach over in Burlington, Ontario, with the Cougars there. Uh, but people here will probably know him from his time with the Sky City Stampede in goal as part of the, that awesome team that won three years in a row. Thanks for listening, everyone. And, yeah, we'll... Um, We'll be back next week. See ya! Park Yeah! It's New Zealand's home for hockey. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favourite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Park Yeah NZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to parkyear.nz. Yeah.